morning, everybody. I got my normal voice back. I'm not going to say good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Why are y'all fixing to have dinner or supper or whatever they call it in the Midwest? So I'm back. Hey, I got lots of uh, lots of words of encouragement this morning. Uh, there's a real cool one I'm going to save till the end. It's titled The Ryanator. So we'll get to that one in just a minute. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I keep forgetting. Jesus never had to do this, and I thought I didn't either, but let's see here. There it is. Am I doing better? All right, here we go. All right. Rick. There's one for you, Rick. It's cool. I really appreciate your friendship and, and advice on working on my old homestead. I also appreciate your growth in serving the Lord. And Jake, could I get you to help run these around? That would be great. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, Scott, your Bible class was dynamic. Obviously, you, you've got, obviously, you have put hours of research into this, and I'm looking forward to the other classes. And I am too. That's working perfect with what uh, I got brewing for next week. Miriam, you have a gift of caring, caring how a person is feeling. That is love, kind-hearted individual, which you are. Thank you for always being there. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. Amen. All right. I love that you have glasses now. Because, you know, we're talking about the club, you know. <laughs> Do you have bifocals or is it just the normal? No, I've not seen Wait till you graduate. <laughs> the graduation is coming someday soon. All right. Hey, Lauren and Shannon, it's great to have you here today with uh, Riley and Kaya. I hope you enjoy your, the preaching and encouragement. Let's give it up for our new folks. So did your grandchildren drag you here or did you drag them here? Or was it a mutual dragging? I don't know. What was it? Kind of mutual. <laughs> well, good. Welcome. Pat. You're a rock star this morning. I got two of them here for you, so I'm going to read both of them. You don't like? Oh, you do too. But I so appreciate uh, your call yesterday, and I'm so blessed uh, by your friendship. Thanks for reaching out and encouraging me. And Angie always signs hers. All right, Pat West is so encouraging to, send your, to see your smiling face. So thankful to be serving God with you. And I know this handwriting. So Tamara thinks you're awesome too. Let's give it up for Pat. Yeah. I, I was going to write one for, for uh, Logan. Logan, you know what? You, when I remember the first time you stood up here and I did, I think it was a prayer meditation. Man, it was, I could tell it was painful. It was just painful. But man, you get up here now and you're just Mr. Cool Luke Hand Luke, you know? Get it all done and you lay it out and, and uh, your lessons are really pointed. I appreciate that. It's great. All right. Well, a couple of announcements. Oh, we got to do the Ryanator. I practiced this one too. Uh, it is not from me. How many of you know where this poem probably came from? How many know where this probably came from? Yeah, Jeff Trillinger, Okay. And we need a little, uh, a little, what do you call it, a rap beat to this thing? I'm not doing that. Unless you want to come up here and do it. You don't want to do that. Okay, here we go. The Ryanator. 
I am surely bemoaning your leaving, but I thank God I have got to see you grow in your believing. Even though you are not my son, I have come to rely on you to get things done. Just as you have a love, just as you love a story of a hero, never let your passion, uh, never let your passion tack. Is that is that a word? Oh, 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 tack. Okay, got it. Wow, see, you should have read this one. Never let your passion tack for God drop to zero. And even though you won't be here, I know you're staying the course for Jesus is, that is clear. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. And we're going to have a, a special uh, 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 presentation and going away right after we turn this off. And I'm not sure why we're turning it off. I hope you're not hurt by what Jeff is going to do to you. But anyway, <laughs> Jeff asked that we turn the thing off and then something's going on. Also, too, turning to, turning to announcements. So tomorrow night is the last college age group <clears throat> that Ryan is going to be a part of. So I have something special planned for Ryan. There will be no beatings. I know about today, but uh, there are going to be some kind of cool things going on tomorrow night for Ryan. And so if you're in the college age group, we'd sure encourage you to, to come on out and participate. Uh, also, too, don't forget the fellowship dinner on this beautiful, lovely calendar for your, your refrigerator is on the 21st. And I think there's one more, but I've forgotten it. It's kind of this old man thing. But Angie, it's your birthday today. Man, you are just a lovely 29. I think it's awesome. And so we're going to give it up for Angie. Anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Anybody else? Okay, here we go. You're it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right. Well, if you have your uh, little lesson plan, that would be great. And the bulletin, that would be awesome. Why don't you grab those? We're going to go through this relatively quickly this morning. A lot of this you already know. How many have heard the statement, the only sure thing in life is death and taxes? And you know, you can cheat your taxes until you die, but did you know then your kids are saddled with them? Did you know that? That's terrible. So really you can't cheat in taxes, but you know what? You can cheat the second death. You can cheat the second death. In other words, you'll never have to pay up. Somebody already did that for you. Now, I can't say that you'll be here by when the Lord comes back and you'll be taken home with him without physically dying. But I can tell you for certain, the scriptures gives the information that you can cheat the second death and you'll never have to pay up the second death because somebody already did that for you. So let's open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the blessing of your word. Thank you, Father, that uh, we can trust in you. That we can know, Father, that when you make a promise, you keep it. Unlike uh, all men and women, you know, it says that all men are liars, but God be true. You make a promise and you follow through. And I would pray to your heavenly Father, you'd help us to see that this morning and be greatly encouraged not to fear death but to know that that really is the day that we would enter into uh, of that relationship face-to-face -face 
eternal life with your glory and your presence. We want to uh, remember, Father, that the world right now is trying so desperately to, to bring the powerful message of fear to cause the church to, to bow down and, and grovel. And yet, Father, as was said this morning uh, at, by, by uh, Logan, Father, we are the light. We pierce the darkness and we know that there is hope, dear Heavenly Father, hope not only in this life, but hope for eternity. And we praise you and thank you for that, Father. In your son's name, Jesus, amen. You know, everything's perspective. Everything is perspective. You need to think about that for just a minute. You know, when we talk about death and taxes uh, are the only thing that you can uh, be sure of. Well, sometimes we take those as face value. And when you're thinking only about the physical life, yes, it's true, all will die. That's what the scripture teaches. And you know what's kind of interesting to me? We've talked about how to overcome the fear of death. Those two Marines back in 2008 that stood their ground, they knew exactly what was happening when that truck came barreling towards the gate of that compound. And they stood their ground because of duty and devotion. They did not fear death. They knew it was coming. And yet they stood their ground out of a love for, devotion for their comrades in arms and a duty to, they made a commitment and they're gonna follow through. Now, what about Christians? We talked about that. We have a duty and a responsibility to serve the Lord God. We should have a devotion to him who loved us and still loves us. And then last week, you remember? Remember what we looked at last week? God is sovereign. Every day of our lives is written in his book, the Lamb's book. And you know, every tear that you cry is written in the Lamb's book. He knows your sorrow. He knows your hurt. He has not forgotten you or I. And how many of you remember the psalmist in, in uh, Psalms 116 that says, it's precious in the sight of God, the death of his godly ones. You see, he's looking forward to that day to take you home. And I don't know about you, but if you know that he has your life fully covered, fully known, fully written out, and we get to walk through those open doors that he opens, why would we fear death? Many people fear death for two reasons. Number one, they don't know what's on the other side. And how could we know? What's on the other side? But a lot of people fear death because of the pain that might come before that death. We need to know that this life is temporary and pain is temporary. And I know pain can be really horrific. But the reality is, is that the second death, which we can cheat in Christ Jesus, is a pain that's incomprehensible although the Bible tries to teach about it. Jesus came to rescue from that. Jesus didn't come to rescue from physical death. All men die. Jesus as a man died. And when he died, he destroyed the work of the devil. And the work of the devil is to grab you and take you to that place of second death. But Jesus has the answer. So yes, all will die unless the Lord comes back physically. 
but you don't have to fear death because of what would come after. Actually, you can look forward to death as the Apostle Paul did, as Jesus actually did, as many have gone on before us. When my father-in-law passed, it was a beautiful thing. We were in his room and he, he passed. I think it was you that were there. And he just passed quietly and peacefully and, and with great joy. And yet I've been in the hospital where others have died and weren't in Christ, grabbing with their fingernails into my arm, not wanting to go. You see the fear. We don't have to be that way. We don't have to be that way right now. We should have great joy. And as Logan said, we should be the light of life. And that's what this lesson's all about. So let's jump in and take a look at Hebrews in chapter two. The book of Hebrews in chapter two is a beautiful passage telling us that we have been set free from the slavery of the fear of death. Those who believe and know and understand the provision of God. Look at verse 14 and following. Hebrews chapter two, verse 14 and following. Therefore, since the children, that's us, share in flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Jesus, he himself likewise also partook of the same, the flesh and blood, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might set free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. How many of you know that you and I are a descendant of Abraham by faith? Raise your hand if you know that. It's very clear in the scriptures. You look in the book of Galatians. It's there several times. We are the ones that God gives help to. And notice it says, verse 17, therefore he had to be made like his brethren in all things, made like you and I in every way, weak, frail. He got hungry. He got tired. He slept and he bled and he died just like any other human being. But he lived a life faithful for you so that you would not have to face the second death. Well, if we read on and it says, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make propitiation, big 75 cent word, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of uh, those who are tempted. Well, I want you to look at your notes real quick, your note sheet. Point number one, why did Jesus come in the flesh? Jesus, the son of God, became a man like you and I. As I said, frail in every way, except for he walked by faith and not by sight. He had the Holy Spirit from the moment of conception. You and I receive the Holy Spirit when we become Christians. After having lived a life of, uh, uh, well, kind of sketchy. I don't know about you, but some sketchier than others. We need the Lord. And when we receive the Lord, we receive the indwelling presence of a spirit. And then we walk by faith and not by sight. We're called to that so we can live like Jesus. But notice it goes on in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 6 and 7. How many of you know that passage of scripture? That's a powerful passage of scripture. Turn there. That tells us why Jesus had to become just like us. Go back there. And many of you know this. It's one of those uh, Christmas um, prophecies. So in the book of Isaiah in chapter seven, 
And beginning there in verse 7, excuse me, did I say 7? Yeah, 7, 6 and 7. Now, you know what? I blew that. It should be chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Thank you very much. And I checked those verses. They all sounded right. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then look at verse 7. There will be no end to the end of the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. He's talking about a government eternal. He's talking about a throne eternal. He's talking about a kingdom of people eternal. You know who that is? That's us. That's us. And he accomplished that through his sacrifice. Jesus came into the world to die. You take a look at 1 John and chapter, or Gospel of John and chapter 1. Beautiful passage of scripture about our Christ. He came in the flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. You know this one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. With God, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Jesus is the sovereign creator. In him, in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men, as Logan was saying, Christ shining through us. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This is speaking of Christ. Look at verse 14. What does verse 14 say? And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus became flesh, revealed the life of God. You know, so many people, like that one woman that I was talking about that had a hold of my arm and was just digging her nails into my arm, so many people die without Christ. And it's a terrifying thing. But like my father-in-law, he knew he, where he was going. If you're a Christian this morning and you're living faithfully, did you know that when your eyes close and you breathe your last, you're gonna wake up on the other side and you'll still be able to see. You'll still be able to hear. You'll still be able to feel. You'll still be able to love. And there'll be angels that will come for you. That's what it says in the scriptures. I don't know about you, but I don't fear death. I did before. I was a hellion and I was terrified and I tried to live my life harder and faster to get away from the guilt and the shame and the voice inside that kept haunting me. No voices inside now, except for the word of God speaking through the written word. Brother, we need to recognize and understand we can cheat that second death Romans 8 verses 1 through 4 says we cheat that second death by living our life in the spirit for Jesus Christ. When I say in the spirit, I'm not talking about being a little ghost running around. I'm talking about having the spirit of Christ inside of you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the, what the law of the Old Testament could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. He set you free. God did this for you. He set you free, as it says here, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He was offered up for your sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. See, the sin in your life is condemned on the cross. Jesus paid the full price for your sin. You're saying, well, wow, that's, that's not fair. Well, I know grace isn't fair. Wasn't fair for Jesus. But I'm going to take fair in this case. Why? Because it's more than fair for me and you. He paid the full price. You know, that's what we're going to talk about here. Look at letter B. Why did he come in the flesh? First reason, as it says in Hebrews, to destroy the devil in his work. He rendered the devil powerless, he says. You know, the Bible says the devil has his clutches on in people. You go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26. We're held captive by the devil to do his will until we learn about Christ and then we're set free. You see, held captive by his clutches. Well, you go back and look that up. But notice this word here, devil rendered powerless. The word rendered means to render entirely idle. It's like he's paralyzed to deprive of power. The devil can't do anything in your life now as a Christian unless you let him. You have the power to say no. You walk by faith and not by sight. When the devil comes knocking, you're going to say, hey, you know what, buddy, it's written. That's not how this guy operates anymore. And so as we look through the scriptures, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, take a look at that one. That's a beautiful one. It clearly says that the whole purpose that Jesus Christ came into this world was to destroy the works of the devil. I don't know about you, man, but that's exciting to me. The devil can't touch me unless I allow him to. You see, when the devil came to Jesus and he was weak like you and I, he could have sinned. Did you hear what I read earlier? He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Why did the devil even try to tempt him if he couldn't be tempted? The devil knew he was only a man, and so he was going to try to nail him before he got to the cross. So he tempted him. But do you know what the Bible says? When the devil came, there was nothing in Jesus to tempt out of him. See, if you understand the scriptures, when the devil comes calling and tempting and probing, it says, he's probing to see if you have any lust in your life, any fleshly desires. And if they're there, the devil's a master fisherman. He'll draw it out and he'll kill you. But what happens when Jesus takes away all the sin and takes away that lust for garbage and a desire to please him in every way? You can control. You have the power. Notice what it says here in chapter 3 and verse 8. It's a beautiful statement. The one who, let's see. Yep, that's it. Okay, verse 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the works of the devil. You know, if you sin, you're held captive by the devil. But you can destroy the devil 
by allowing Jesus Christ to pay for every one of your sins. Well, I want you to take a look really quickly at uh, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, transitioning to why or how did he set us free from uh, the fear of death? Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse, verse 1 and 2. I love this passage. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Actually, I'm preaching these things to you, little children, so that you may not sin. If you know you have the power to overcome and you know the tools, and we've shared the tools before, there's power to overcome. So he says to my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if, not when, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate. We have a defense lawyer with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And notice what it says here. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Remember what the word propitiation means? This is a big word, but man, it means everything. How many of you still owe on your house? Raise your hand. Oh, raise your hand if you owe on your house. I know, I love you guys. How'd you do it? <laughs> Eric, you're such a, a brilliant man and a lovely wife that supported him. They don't owe anything on their house. Does it feel good to feel free? Come on. Yes? I didn't raise my hand. Why are we talking about that? <laughs> because you're free, man. The rest of us are enslaved. Who owns our house? Who owns our house? I don't own my house. I don't own my house. Who owns my house? The bank owns the house. Who owns you if you're not a Christian? The devil does. The word propitiation means to pay the debt off in full. Did you catch that? You go back and check me out. The word propitiation means paid in full. You're free. You don't have to worry about death. You're free. Your life is given back to you. And it's not just the life now. It's life eternal. He paid the full price. Well, notice the next verse there. It says 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. I love that one. I have it memorized. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might be set free from sin and that we might live righteously for him. Did you catch that? He bore all our sins in his body on the cross. He paid the full price. There's power there. There's freedom there. You know, I can't guarantee that you and I aren't going to die physically. I can't guarantee that. But I can guarantee with God's word that when you do or if you do die physically before the Lord comes back, that your sins have been paid for. There is no second death. There is no second death. I don't know about you, man. That gets me totally charged up. Man, I can run in this world and I can strive with all my might to serve the Lord God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. But if the devil trips me up, notice I said if, if the devil trips me up, oh no, I'm not going to make it. Sorry. I go to Jesus and he says, yeah, I paid for that one. He's free. I paid for that one. He's free. I paid for that one. She's free. There's nothing the devil could do. Now, it says, if you sin, that if you take your eyes off of Jesus, like Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, what's going to happen to you? 
Remember Jesus gets out of the boat? Okay, I'm walking on water. I'm doing this amazing thing. I'm living like uh, a Christian should live. And then you take your eyes off of Jesus. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you crash and burn, right? You know what I'm talking about? No one's bound that bought. Okay, I got it. I understand. You know what I'm talking about. Man, it's covered. He paid the full price. That's why it's so important. In Colossians 2, verse 11 and 12, or 11 through 14, I'll let you check that one out yourself because I do want to finish strong here. Point number two, how did Jesus set us free from the fear of death? In verse, uh, letter B says, he is our uh, merciful and faithful high priest. I want you to turn to Hebrews 4. Man, I'm telling you what, Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16 is awesome. It's awesome. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 14 through 16. And I want to ask the young people in the audience, and I'll, I'll share a little story real quick if I have time. How many of you young people, when you really screw it up in your life, you fear going to talk with mom and dad? How many have ever done that before? I'm going to open up the old audience. How many ever feared going to talk to mom and dad when you really blew it? Come on. There you go. Of course. Now, my dad used the razor strap. It's about three feet long. How many know what a razor strap is, by the way? Only a, oh, yeah. Us, us old folks know. Remember in the old days, they used to have the razor strap on the barber chair, and they did the, the straight edge? You know how they, that, yeah, you're about, you know what I'm talking about, right? My dad would bring that home because he was a barber. My mom would go, Bill! Bring on the razor strap. And then we'd hear mom talking on the phone, and she was loud enough, she wanted us to hear that. Bill, bring on the razor And you know what? We were tortured for several hours until our dad got home. Amen. Let the beatings begin. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay? That's terrible. So when we mess up, oh, excuse me, I misquoted. If we mess up and sin, Man, some religions are teaching, oh, he's waiting for that. He's a God that wants to damn you to hell, right? I hate those religions, and they're not scriptural. They're not. I want to prove it to you right now. Let's read Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. He is my Christ. He's my King. Hold fast that confession. For because we do not have a high, high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, tempted in every way as we've been tempted, yet without sin. In other words, he knows how hard it is to overcome. Man, when the devil's just dogging you and dogging you, he knows how tough that is to say no. Now, he did, but he knows it's tough. I don't know about you, but I sure appreciate it when someone knows when I'm a knucklehead, they go, yeah, I was there too. It's like, really? Man, I appreciate someone coming alongside and help me out. But notice what it says now. It says this beautiful statement about Jesus here at the very end. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are and yet without sin. Therefore, let's get it here now. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
Notice it says confidently draw to the throne of grace. Notice it's a throne of grace, folks. It's not a throne of judgment. It will become a throne of judgment on the last day. That's why you want Jesus to take care of all your mess right now. Because if you sin, remember, we have an advocate with the Father, a defense lawyer. We have the best defense lawyer in ever, in all eternity. And we go and say, Jesus, would you forgive me for this sin? He goes, absolutely, forgiven and forgotten as far as east is from the west. I paid your debt in full. I don't know if you know what that means. But man, that's freedom. I don't try, go looking to sin. Well, the devil's looking for me and he's looking for you. I'm not looking for it. And if he sticks that proverbial sins in my spokes of my tire, you know what happens. Man, you're flying. But Jesus got you covered. He paid the full price. That's why it says in verse 16, and I, if you haven't memorized the verse, this is the one you want to memorize. If you're a Christian, you want to memorize this one. This is a good one. What does he say? Let us draw near with confidence. Why? Because Jesus paid the full price. Through the throne of grace, you're going to receive grace. You're going to receive mercy. And you're going to get help. I've been in too many churches and too many religions that taught that's not how this thing works. You need to grovel. And you better be hoping that you have more good deeds than bad deeds. Otherwise, you're on the fast track. That's not in the Bible. When Jesus died on the cross, it says he bore all of your sins in his body, not some. Paid in full, you're free. You own this life because Jesus gave it back to you. Now let's live it for him. Amen? Let me close with this one last thought. 1 John, just a couple pages away, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. What a, another a beautiful, beautiful passage of scripture. First John chapter one and, and verse nine. Well, let's read verse eight and nine. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. In the context, if you sin and you say, ah, no, I didn't sin, or you covered up, or you think Jesus didn't see that one, I got that one by him. <laughs> Don't do that. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Remember, he's, he's sovereign. He sees everything. He knows everything. He even knows what you're thinking before you do something. Man, you just can't get away. But that's good news, though, because he understands who you are inside, right? Well, what does it say here again? It says, it says there in verse 8, Hey, look, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If you sin, you know what you should do? Confess your sin. That's what it says there. If we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that beautiful? When you go to him, let's say, for example, you're speeding down Beltline. Pretty quiet in here. Speeding down Beltline. And a police officer pulls you over and gives you a warning. You're going, 
I beat that one. Well, wait a minute. The Bible says we're supposed to obey the laws of the land as long as they're not opposed to God's law. Amen? Well, I'm not going to use any examples of where that could happen, but governments have called people to oppose the law of God. Daniel was one of those. You can't pray anymore. Oh, yeah? I'm going to pray in public with my windows open and do it extra loud so everybody knows I'm serving God and not the government. That day may come, and I know in some ways it's already there. I'm not supposed to preach against perversion in our culture. Many of you know I already have, and will continue to do so. But I'm not supposed to. But we need to understand here, when we're looking at this, when we come to him, he forgives us as far as the east is from the rest. You want that freedom? Become a Christian. Live faithfully. And if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We get to cheat the devil. We get to cheat the second death. And it's all because of what Jesus did for us. You ever played a, a game of Dirty Uno where people are cheating to win? <laughs> yes. Somebody, anybody know? A couple of you are giggling. Some are denying. I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of it. Okay. Hey, man, you know what? We get to cheat the devil. Jesus is handing us the get out of jail free card forever. Do you want that? That's not cheating, man. He set that game up that way. I'm going with him. I don't fear physical death because I know that angels will come for me. If you want that sh sureness, if you want that confidence, well, keep coming back. We're going to continue to grow our faith in this respect. Let's pray. Holy God in heaven, how thankful I am for the blessing of being able to stand and speak. I remember the man that I was, and that man is no longer crucified with Christ and buried with him and raised up to walk in newness of life. How thankful I am, Heavenly Father, that, that there are so many who are coming to understand uh, the foundational principles of this life and then growing on to maturity. And I pray that you would continue to help us to grow, Father, to be strengthened and not be led uh, held captive by the devil to do his will or taken captive by philosophy and the traditions of men, but rather that we'd be taken captive by that sweet love of Jesus Christ through the gospel, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all get up and get excited. What did Jesus Christ say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.